This program contains adult language and is intended for a mature audience. Epilogue, Part 1. Valerie realized she was starving. She put down the phone and walked to the kitchen. There was some leftover roast beef from the night before, which she cut up and made into a pair of sandwiches. Milk? What? Glass of milk with your sandwich. Yes, please. Her arm felt weak as she pulled open the fridge door and lifted out the carton of milk. The fatigue spread through her body, and the carton began to shake as she poured, splashing the countertop. Christ! Valerie had witnessed Martin's panic attacks, the way his eyes bulged and the color drained from his face, the way he pawed at his chest like there was something alive inside it. Worried this would happen to her, she steadied herself against the counter and took a large bite of her sandwich. She washed it down with milk, hoping it was low blood sugar and nothing worse. Two weeks ago, when she answered the door and saw two police officers standing solemnly in front of her, she had assumed Bradley was dead. She shivered, remembering that moment, and yet she had no idea why it had been her first thought. Spending time on the computer isn't dangerous, and Valerie couldn't imagine what else her son could have done that would cause him harm. This was a boy who never went outside. When she learned that he had assaulted three people with a weapon, that one of them was in intensive care, and that his whereabouts were unknown, she lost the ability to speak. There was a headline she vaguely remembered about an attack outside a high school, but the article had been behind a paywall and she'd never followed up on it. It was only after hearing the police officer's statement about a racial motivation that she was shaken from her stupor. She felt she had to defend her son and herself. She accused the victims of criminal behavior, demanded the police look into their immigration status or ties to terrorists, insisted that Bradley wouldn't have done anything unless provoked, or to defend someone. She knew she sounded crazy. When the police asked if they had any information about him or his whereabouts, she finally fell silent. Martin explained that they hadn't seen him in years, and the odd phone call from him didn't reveal much. They didn't even know where he lived. In the days following, Valerie watched hours of her son's videos, in which he raved about women, immigrants, politics, movies, and games. Much of it was incomprehensible, full of words, expressions, and references she had never heard before, and shot through with a vitriol that seemed out of proportion to the subjects at hand. There were also several recordings of Bradley swinging a sword around in a backyard, his face a mask of gloom. Here. Thank you. A drag queen. Mm. From Pakistan. Takes all kinds, I suppose. Bradley talked a lot about Muslims in his videos. Val, please, I can't. Sorry. I'd like to be able to talk about it. I know, but it's not good for me, all right? All right. Did you get the refund? It's only 18 bucks. We'll just pay it. Well, that's fine with me. You okay? Yeah. Oh. Marty. Oh. <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> oh. Hello? 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 Hello. Thank you for your call to the Ring Wireless Accounts 
Services team. You have been selected for a brief customer feedback survey. If you would like to continue, please press 1. Oh, right. Using your voice on a scale of 1 to 10, please rate the friendliness of your customer service representative, with 1 being extremely negative and 10 being extremely positive. 10. Using your voice on a scale of 1 to 10, please rate the knowledge level of your customer service representative. 10. Using your voice. On a scale of 1 to 10, please rate the solution given to you by your customer service representative. Mm, 7.5. Using your voice, please rate your overall experience between 1 and 10. 10. Using your voice, answer yes or no to the following question. Would you recommend Ring Wireless to a friend? Yes. If you have any other feedback, please leave a voice message now. Uh, hello. Um, I just want to say that Akbar, I don't know his last name, but the representative I spoke to earlier today, Akbar, I am so, so grateful for what he did for me. It was really extraordinary. And I want anyone who listens to this to know that I have never had customer service like that. And I think it is so wonderful that you've given a gay Muslim drag queen from Pakistan the opportunity to work for you because he's a wonderful, wonderful man or woman. I mean, he... He really helped me. And I think as a society, we need to recognize that these people have something to offer. The gays and the Muslims and the trans, the, the trans drag queens or whatever you call them, that we have to accept them and value these people because they're just like you or me. Maybe they're even better. And I think Akbar should be given a promotion or a raise or a gift card or something. I work in HR. And I know that customer satisfaction is the heartbeat of every business. And my whole attitude about Ring Wireless has changed because of him. So thank you. And please pass along my thanks to Akbar. This is Valerie Levac, capital L-E, capital V-A-C. Thank you, and um, goodbye. After lunch, Martin finished his Sudoku and then moved on to the Sunday crossword. Valerie watched several YouTube videos and then made salmon teriyaki with rice. While Martin cleaned up, Valerie searched the internet for Akbar plus drag queen plus Pakistan, but was unable to find anything. As she was falling asleep in bed, she imagined meeting him in the aisle of a grocery store and hugging him as if he were her son. Hey guys, so I wanted to respond to some comments from Blitzkrieg Fap and others about some recent changes in my videos. I know this channel's like historically focused on gaming and uh, some of you kind of pissed that I've been talking more and more about the border and birth rates and stuff like that. And uh, you know, I'm still gonna talk about games and stuff here, but like, there's more going on. And lately I've been thinking that, you know, a lot of our problems, they're, uh, they're, they're bigger than what's on the internet. They're political problems. And they explain some things about why life is so fucking hard for so many of us. You know, my, my parents had it easy. Used to be able to just meet someone and get a job and have a normal life. 
And, and then things got worse. They got so bad. But there's a movement to restore what has been taken from us. And I want to be a part of that. So let me be very clear. We must secure the existence of our people and a future for white children. I hope you'll join me because it's going to be a glorious, glorious fight. In three days, Bradley's body will be found in a ravine. Nearby, the police will find Bradley's phone, which has a final recording made the morning of the attack, in which he lays the blame for his suffering at a variety of ethnic groups and ideologies and expresses a desire to be remembered as a martyr. His death will be ruled a suicide, and the case closed. Previously on Feedback. Good afternoon. Thank you for calling Ring Wireless. This is Akbar speaking. How are you today? Hello, Akbar. Will you come over later? I think I think we should avoid each other for the rest of our lives. My cat was run over by a garbage truck. I might move to L.A. We have unlimited calls to the United States for only $15 a month. Joking aside, I still love you. Are you there? I didn't want customer service, Akbar, and that's what I felt like I was getting. What, you mean the version of me that's, like, nice and considerate? Oh, I know there's more to you than that. I saw the real you on stage last night. You were wild and messy and passionate and fearless. Where was that, Akbar, when we dated? Epilogue Part 2 Akbar can't bring himself to call Lewis. And to his surprise, Lewis doesn't call him. With each day that passes, it seems like their conversations were nothing more than residue from their night together, a brief lapse neither of them is interested in repeating. In his idle moments, Akbar feels a mix of relief and disappointment. After a few days, both emotions give way to a kind of numbness. He only thinks about Val two more times. The first time is when he sees the article about the discovery of Bradley's body in a ravine. Akbar is at the grocery store and sees it on the front page of a newspaper. He feels relief that no one else will be harmed, and a stirring of sympathy for Val, who will lose her son all over again. Alongside the story is an article about one of the victims. The embedded picture shows a smiling 18-year-old boy standing between his two parents in a suburban backyard. It does not escape Akbar that he and the boy share the same skin tone and that the picture could have easily come from his own childhood. The second time he thinks about Valerie is when he shows up for a shift and is called directly into his manager's office. Yeah. Hey, Tom. Hey, Akbar. Have a seat. Hi, Akbar. This is Don on speaker from HR. Hey, Don. What's up? Thanks for coming in a bit early. (laughs) What can I do for you? Um, do you remember Valerie Levac? You had two calls with her last Monday. I think so. We uh, sent her a customer feedback survey. Okay. Was it not good? It seemed like we'd resolved everything. No, it was, it was, it was good. 9.38. And she left a very enthusiastic message at the end. Okay. We've been looking for samples from the phones for training purposes. Tom flagged Valerie's survey as highly positive. Uh-huh. Okay. So I listened to the calls you had with her. Okay. We both did. Right. Okay, that was not a normal call for me. Tom has spoken about you as a very reliable CSR. Thank you. But this is not acceptable. I mean, it's... It's really... It's bad. It's a liability issue. What? No. Come on. It was a phone call. (laughs) 
And and they called us. Putting that aside, you shouldn't be talking to customers about personal issues, theirs or your own. And I really can't stress this enough, but you should not, under any circumstances, impersonate someone's child when you're on the job. It's not a good look. I understand. You are trying to help. It reflects poorly on this whole department. Your role is to resolve billing and account issues. I get it. I guess I just thought, you know, go the extra mile, over-deliver, surprise people with how good our service is. That's what we always say, right? But yeah, I understand, and it won't happen again. I just had to emphasize here that it's deeply, deeply inappropriate. I got that. It won't happen again. Okay. Good. Tom's got a written warning for you if you can sign both copies and take the one that's yours. A a warning? In all the years he had worked for Ring Wireless, Akbar has never received a reprimand. That he could get one for helping, of all people, Valerie Levesque. Uh, Tom, is this necessary? It is necessary. If there's a complaint, we need to show that we've dealt with it. I don't think she's going to complain. You're a great CSR, but... You know. No, I don't know. We just want to make sure you don't do it again. I said I wouldn't. Yeah, but... We keep a written record of all our warnings. It's standard HR practice. Uh Uh-huh. How exactly did I violate our policies? Like, um, what what rule did I break? I, I don't know the handbook as well as you might, Tom. Well, I don't know if there's anything about role play specifically, but c- come on. I, I am happy to take the criticism. I'll try and keep away from personal stuff, but I'm not signing that unless you can point to a rule or policy that I broke. I'd appreciate it if you signed it. And I would appreciate not signing Why don't we take a step back? Have you ever worked the phones, Don? Because it's it's intimate. When you're getting yelled at because our policies are confusing and our prices go up all the time, it's right against your ear. And you're told constantly to do whatever it takes to keep those feedback ratings high. But explaining the terms and conditions of their plan and trying to upsell them on a better one, it doesn't actually make them happy. Most of the time, it makes them frustrated and angry. So when I ask a woman to tell me what's really bothering her, you know, to dig a little under the surface and try to help with how she's feeling, I'm just trying to do my job. And if you want to make it easier for me to stick to accounts and billing, maybe lower the prices, waive extra charges, stop hiding fees. Don't deliver a mediocre product and expect people like me to to absorb everyone's frustration. How about that? Okay, let's cool down for a second. I am cool. I am cool. And you'll notice from the 9.38 score she gave that Valerie's also cool. The only people who aren't cool are the two of you. All right, that's enough. Who's Lewis? What? Between your two calls at Valerie, you got a call from someone named Lewis. He's my ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And is he a Ring Wireless customer? I don't actually know. Correct me if I'm wrong, Tom, but I imagine we have a policy against using our phone system for personal calls. Um, yeah, probably. Oh my god, you're going to write up another warning about me getting what is obviously an unsolicited phone call from someone I'm not even dating? Maybe we just forget it. What do you say, Don? I think we should follow our standard procedures. All right, Akbar. You heard what she said. Sign the written warning. I'm not signing anything. Sign the damn thing. Hell no. Then you're fired. Tom. All right. Akbar. I'll be in touch about my severance. Tom, can you take me off speaker? As he waits for the streetcar, Akbar thinks about all the people he's helped, all the upgrades he's guided customers into, 
and how the only thing he has to show for it is the $427 in his savings account and chronic tendonitis. Akbar has always known his job was temporary and that he could get another job just like it pretty easily. No one wants to work at a call center and even fewer people have any skill at it. But another job isn't what Akbar wants. Not right now. Hello? Hello? Hey, I'm downstairs. It's Akbar. Oh God, I was just running a bath and, and I almost didn't hear this. I, I wanted to call you so, so badly, but I put my phone in the freezer so that I wouldn't be able to and then it wouldn't thaw out and I had to get a new one and I lost all my contacts. And, and the whole time I was so worried that you were trying to call me. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, can you still hear me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, look, I'm sorry about how I acted. I think I was still feeling pretty rattled from work. I asked you to tell me the truth, and when you did, I couldn't handle it. And you were right. What, what, what you said about me keeping you at a distance? I, I think the more I like someone, the harder it is to get close to them. I, I should have told you what I was feeling and why, instead of being kind of a dick and then getting upset when you got the idea that I didn't like you. And I'm sorry I did what I did. I don't actually think Greg McEwen is that bad a guy. Forget Greg. And... And I'm sorry your cat died. Oh, well, Mrs. Mistopheles was old and infirm. Still being run over by a garbage truck wasn't the death you wanted for her. No. No, it wasn't. My condolences. Thank you. She was a good pussy. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to come by and say that. And also, I lost my job today. Oh, honey. It's fine. I've been there too long. <clears throat> anyway, I guess I'll see you around. Do you want to come up? I thought you were running a bath. I was. Oh. Oh. Um. If it's no trouble. I like a little trouble. Hello? Did you hear that? L- Lewis? Yes. Buzz me up already. Sometimes it doesn't work. Are you still there? Akbar. Okay, you're probably on the way up. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Operation is on break, so Akbar and Lewis spend most of the week in bed. When they aren't devouring each other, they order in and watch old seasons of Drag Race and talk in bed until they fall asleep. Akbar makes an effort to turn off his people-pleasing tendencies, even when it leads to arguments. And Lewis, for his part, tries to listen as much as he talks. It's early going and things feel fragile, but when he wakes up in the morning and sees Lewis snoring softly beside him, Akbar allows himself to imagine his happiness stretching out beyond this week, for months and years, maybe forever. Feedback was written by Kevin Shea, directed and edited by Jill Harper, with music by Bram Geelan, and sound design and mastering by Tim Lindsay. Featuring performances by Nadine Baba, David Coomber, Caitlin Driscoll, Rosemary Dunsmore, Kasim Khan, Tom McCamus, Nkasi Ogbonna, Ben Sanders, Jonathan Tan, and Connor Thompson. Christine Groom was the executive producer for Q6 Audio Productions. Feedback was made possible through the support of the Canada Council for the Arts. Recording took place at Eggplant Studios in Toronto, Canada. 
Jack Rudy and Emily Gauguin were our audio engineers, and Mike Ronan was our producer at Eggplant. If you enjoyed this episode, please write a review, share, or tell a friend. Q6 is a not-for-profit organization. If you want to support future projects, check out our website at q6.ca. That's C-U-E number six dot C-A to see what we have coming up and hit the donate button.